the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome to the Situation Report today. This is the show where we do our best every week to give you the information you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. And we are certainly in a culture that is ever-changing. One of the things that's changing is how we view the family. Uh, the most basic unit of our culture and our society, the family, how we view that, how we define it, what it all means is changing all of the time. And it can become very confusing if we're not careful. And if we allow outside influences to push us, they can push us away from what God actually intended. And we need to get back to a clear understanding of what the family is and how it should function. What most of us would think is... uh is family is important is, is actually something that um, can be contested or, or many would say is contested these days. And uh, you know, to me, there's nothing more important in my life than my family. Uh, you know, I, I believe that God, the greatest gift that God gave me in, in my life is, is my wife and my children. Yeah. And, uh, and, and for me to do ministry, the ministry to do at Mighty Oaks and serve so many other people. One of the things I've learned over the last 10 years of doing this is the most important thing that I could do in order to be able to serve others, do a good job at Mighty Oaks, is to first invest in, in my family. Because uh, when when that's not together, when my family is out of out of tilt, it seems like nothing falls in place. And uh, so I've just re- learned over the years that that's the first ministry I have. That's the first uh, place I need to put my energy and my time into. And if I could keep my family and together and where it's supposed to be, then everything else seems to fall in place. And, uh, and I think the world has that backwards right now. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, it's not by accident. I think, uh, it's done by intention by people who want to destroy our culture. And I also believe there's a spiritual aspect of it a spiritual warfare where we have a you know, very real, real enemy who wants to destroy the family unit and, uh, and as an uh, attack on the family, because he understands the importance of a family. Yeah. And, uh, there is absolutely an attack and it's, Again, some of these things we've talked about in the past, they were things that we believed were, were happening. And now it seems like so many of these things are just front and center and no one cares. The attacks are there. They're real and no one's trying to hide it. Um, this is always an important conversation. But as we are right in the middle of the Christmas season, uh, family, what it means, the traditions around family, all those things are perhaps more important now than at any other time of the year. So we thought we'd spend some time talking about that today. And we've got a great guest on, a good friend of ours, Gabe Wrench from Cross Politic is with us and uh, looking forward to this conversation. Gabe, you may be familiar with, is the host or one of the hosts of the Cross Politics Show, Christ Over Politics. And really, and I'll have him talk more about what Cross Politics does and what they're about, but they engage culture from a biblical perspective and help us to see things the way that God would desire for us to see things. They write books, they uh, encourage others and help us think biblically in culture. Gabe, thank you for being with us. And uh, as we jump into this, we'll jump into the conversation in a second. But would you talk about cross politic? Talk about what you guys are doing, what you have done, and um, 
as difficult as this year has been, it's really helped to elevate, I think, CrossPolitik and other voices like yours uh, for many people who are looking for truth. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Always good to be with you, Jeremy and Chad, on the Situation Report. Um, CrossPolitik uh, is a TV show and podcast that I, I started along with my a pastor and my friend who's a, a filmmaker about four years ago because I think we can, I've never really had anybody disagree with me on this, but I think we can all agree that uh, the church has largely left the political realm. The church largely does not speak into politics or into culture. And so we saw that as being kind of a black hole for the church. And so we started cross politics to kind of specifically bring the gospel into culture and bring the gospel into politics. for probably the last 30, 40 years, you know, you, you, the church has largely gone to, uh, to Sunday service and people will, uh, you know, hear a good gospel message and then they'll go home. And, but, and then they kind of turn to, you know, Rush Limbaugh or Glenn Beck is kind of their political pastors <laughs> throughout the week to kind of learn how should I be thinking about, you know, this election or this law or this political situation and that disconnect from, from, the Bible, has, I think, has been really detrimental to conservatives, and they haven't been able to kind of formulate a real foundational view of what it means to be conservative. What Instead, what has happened over the years is we've kind of all just kind of default, you have this generation of kids who've kind of grown up in default conservatism that they don't even know how to defend themselves. So um, the Bible is the foundation for true conservatism. And, and so that's what we're trying to do at CrossPolitik. And so we've had the, the good fortune of, uh, by the grace of God, being able to um, uh, proclaim this truth that the, yeah. that the Bible applies to every area of our life. You know, um, our church's motto up here is all of Christ for all of life for all the world. And, and so that is very much the vision of, we, you know, we don't want to have a corner or have a place where we have uh, said, you know, the Bible doesn't apply here. We want the Bible to apply to every area of our lives. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we won't get into this on this episode. Um, and, and that, but that also includes the vision of how the church interacts with, you know, church and state and some right. of these hot topics that we get down. But you got you to gotta tune in to our show to hear more about that later. <laughs> That's good. Very good. Gabe, in, in so many ways, the family, at least the historical definition of the nuclear family, it's, it's under attack. And uh, some of this comes from not understanding why the family, I think, in culture is so important. So why is, why is family, mom, dad, kids, so important for those of us who want to engage culture and also such a target for those who want to destroy culture? Yeah. Family is the first government that God ever created. So, you know, uh, God created the family on the sixth day. Yeah. Uh, and he gave Eve to Adam on the sixth day of creation. And so it is the most foundational, fundamental um, unit to our society is the family. In fact, if you don't have family, you don't have culture. If you don't have family, you don't have voters. If you don't have family, you don't have an economy. Uh, So the family is the most uh, fundamental unit in our society. And that's why it should be the most, you know, uh, sacred unit and this is set apart unit in a sense. And, And in our political leaders are, are doing everything they can to destroy the family along with our, our society. And so it being the one of the most, you know, God given fundamental uh, units in our society is, is important. And if you guys, we've talked about this before, I've talked about this with you before, Jeremy, but if you look at the Bible, 
uh, God has given us three governments. He's given us the family government. He's given us the church government. He's given yeah. us the civil government. Right. And and but the most foundational government that He's given us is the is the family government. You don't have church government. You don't have civil government without the family government. And so uh, I think that part of what has happened over the number of years, I, I believe the church has also uh, not preached what a biblical vision looks like for the family. And so moms and dads don't even kind of know what our family's for. And so that's something that we need to recover because that's the bedrock of our society. And that's what creates uh, everything uh, moving forward from that moment. When uh, we talk about things like marriage and raising kids, those, those elements of being a part of a family unit, uh, I like to think often in terms of principle, because when things get murky or unclear, the principles guide us forward. Um, when you look at marriage, when you look at family or kids, when you look at the family, what are some principles that you use or that you would encourage others to apply so that they can lead their families well, so they can train their kids well, so they can develop the kind of families that really can engage culture well? The most important principle that I think moms and dads need to have anchored in their hearts and minds is that they are not God. Mm. They are an authority under God, and God's given them a directive to be faithful in stewarding and raising their kids in knowledge, fear of the Lord. What can happen, and I'm sure you guys have seen this in your counseling, is that mom and dad can kind of claim, you know, an absolute authority in the family. Now they're they're a real, they're the legitimate authority of the household, but that authority is a derived authority from God, and it's not a absolute authority. And this bleeds over into all sorts of other authorities. Uh, our governor. Um, the governor of California is not an absolute authority. His authority is also derived from God. That's yeah. what Romans 13 says. He doesn't understand um, that, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and same for your pastor. He has a derived authority. And so once everyone uh, gets through the pride, it gets through that pride mechanism in their head that they are a derived authority from, from, from God, well, all of a sudden, then dad is accountable to someone outside of the family. Dad can't. Right. Um, uh, beat his kids. Dad can't uh, um, get angry at his wife. Dad can't. All, and and so if dad has true accountability, he's going to be a much better father to his children. And his children know that. So one of the things that we tell our kids is, um, you know, we have we have house rules, but they aren't they aren't necessarily Ten Commandment rules, right? Sure. You know, we have house. Don't jump on the couch. <laughs> but we tell our kids we're very clear with them. Hey, this is mom and dad's rules. These uh, and. And, um, uh, and, and, but these aren't, you know, 10 commandment rules. This is just how we're structuring our house. And so, you know, that we report to God and that we have God's rules and we have mom and dad's rules. And there's a distinction there. And of course our kids should honor mom and dad and obey our house rules, but they need the, the kids need to know that mom and dad have a higher authority that they have to report to. Right. And so for, and how that practically shakes out is if let's say I tell my kids, to go steal a pack of gum from the local, you know, market. Well, my, my kids immediately know, Hey, that's God's rule. That's a, that's a God's rule. And I can't disobey God's rules. Right. And, and we tell our kids, if mom and dad ever tell you to disobey a 10 commandment, you tell us and you honor us by saying, no, mom, we are not going to disobey God. Yeah. Um, and so being able to teach your kids that practical, what the practical reality of, of what your authority looks like uh, with them 
that creates, uh, I think, uh, all sorts of comfort and and understanding uh, with each other. And then and we know how to and the kids know how to better to respond to mom and dad as we're trying to live out what we believe the Bible is teaching us in our families. I wanted to take a minute to let our audience know about the work that we do through an incredible veterans nonprofit called the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Many of our nation's warriors struggle with the hardships of military service and reintegration back into civilian life. Often they leave broken homes in their aftermath and comprise one of the most at-risk groups for suicide, with over 20 veterans who take their lives every single day. Mighty Oaks tackles this critical issue with our faith-based peer-to-peer resiliency and recovery programs offered at no cost to our honored servicemen and women at beautiful ranches across the United States. Mighty Oaks has one of the highest success rates of any program available anywhere. Visit MightyOaksPrograms.org to learn more about how you can make a direct impact in the lives of our servicemen and women to help them find a new life purpose through hope in Christ. Again, that's MightyOaksPrograms.org. Witnessing the transformation that these men and women go through is absolutely incredible. There are no words to describe seeing warriors restored to the lives they were created to live, changing their legacies for eternity. Your support is needed now more than ever and will ensure that our programs are here for our warriors who are in desperate need. Again, the website is mightyoaksprograms.org. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, yeah, Gabe, Christmas season is here. It's my favorite time of year, my family's favorite time of year, probably the same around your house. Uh, but it's also, it's, it's a big deal around all, all, our, our country for even the secular people who who participate in the Christmas holiday with Christmas traditions. Uh, when this time of year comes around for you and your family, what are some traditions that you and your family separate, uh, you and your family celebrate? And uh, why are those like traditions important to even those that aren't Christians? Yeah, so um, Christmas is just such a powerful season. Yeah. I love walking into Walmart and hearing joy to the world. Right. The Lord is King, <laughs> right. you know, the Lord has come, let earth receive her King. I mean, yeah. everyone becomes a post mill and at Christmas time, whether you're pre-mill or not, Jeremy, just so or, you know. Or even know what that and, means, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it really is, Christmas really is a potent time. And, and, and the historical reality that Jesus came to this earth through a virgin birth and that he lived out 33 years of his life here on earth. And then he went to the cross and died for us and rose again from the dead. That historical reality has every meaning to who we are as Christians. And so we can't deny the reality of the history of, of Jesus. And so so for 30 days, the world marks this, even secularists mark this month as a sacred month and a sacred holiday season. Um, and it's, it's glorious. It's glorious. This is what it looks like for the church. This is what it looks like yeah. for the church to win. The church is winning at Christmas time. And mm-hmm. so um, <laughs> it's, it's such a great opportunity to teach our kids. So some of the things that we like to do, uh, we actually celebrate what we call Advent season. Um, so there's actually a church calendar way of kind of thinking about Christmas. And, and so we celebrate Advent and, and there's, there's a church traditional way, calendar way of doing this. We kind of adjusted a little bit for my family. We basically start celebrating Christmas uh, about the, uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. All I would say this year, my wife turned on Christmas music about the first week in November. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get there. <laughs> and it was, and yeah. You know, it's been such a depressing year. My wife's like, I'm turning on Christmas music now. Yeah. And uh, back in November. And so what we do is we basically take the, the, the days starting after Thanksgiving 
and and uh, all the way up through the 24th. And we usually try to do something every night, although it's it's very small. You could wear mom and dad out doing this. And and so, you know, everyone has those advent calendars, you know, the, right. that, the countdown advent calendar. So every night um, I will, uh, we have a little wooden advent calendar that's got a little shelf uh, for each date. And so I'll draw something and put it in the advent calendar and we'll talk about, we'll read through Luke chapter one, two, or Matthew chapter one, two, and three. And then uh, sometimes we'll get into four a little bit just for fun. But uh, we will uh, talk about kind of the birth of Jesus, everything that went on. Oh, hey, did you know that Herod uh, murdered babies under two years and old? That's part of the Christmas story. Yeah. You know, uh, we, we try to tell the whole, all the details of the Christmas story to our kids every night at some, well, I'll, I'll pick a, a portion of the Christmas story and talk to our kids about it. And then we'll, um, I'll have a kid. One of the kids will pick uh, the, their pick to pull down the door that night and they pull down the door and then they get to guess what's on that picture and whatever's on that picture is what we do, whether it's they get a piece of candy or we actually turn off all the lights and play sardines in the house or um, we uh, have hot chocolate and talk. Um, so my kids are 10 eight and six so it's, we try to keep things really simple and they love it i mean every night they're pushing mom and dad hey when are we going to do advent tonight and everything and, and and then some some nights we don't even do it but what that does is it gives you an opportunity every night to kind of disciple your kid just a little bit and they know the payoff that's coming right they get to hear a a little story on monday night about jesus and then they know the birth of jesus on the 25th and then of course on the 25th you get to open up the biggest presents on the 25th and so um it's a that's one of our traditions is to kind of figure out in a in a our kids are in school too so figure out in kind of a very easy way of how to maybe do a little bit of christmas every night and then of course um the big explosion on uh december 25th is is where the big presents are open and, and that's tied into every step of the way of who jesus is and that he's the biggest present that we'll ever get yeah that's yeah. awesome yeah just keep keeping in front of the kids we had a church and, I, and uh, we had a guest guest pastor from our church, one of our teaching pastors, and he and he's going to do a service on Advent. And he he says today we're going to go through Matthew one through seventeen, which is the genealogy. And I'm like, <laughs> give a service of the genealogy. I'm like, and it's going to. I hate reading genealogy; it's going to be so boring. And I'm like, am I farming in my seat? But he did such a wonderful job. And as he's just reading through from Abraham and the promise of God through Abraham all the way through the different the different generations and then he gets the you know gets past to matthew 17 and you know jesus is here and um, it was just such yeah. a just a really cool journey and uh that's kind of how i'm looking at the month of december just every day yeah uh, and then he's here yeah, well and you can't stress enough the reason why that one of the other reasons why that genealogy is so important is uh you kind of hinted at it is because it's a historical fact right look right. if if, if if the history of Jesus is not true, then me and you are fools. Right. But if if Jesus had a father, if Jesus had a grandfather, if Jesus had uh, and I, by father I mean like Abraham, um, not like uh, Joseph. Joseph was not his father, just to be clear. Um, but if Jesus had a line of descendants, then the historical fact that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, you know, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried. That historical fact means everything not just for my, my own faith in my heart and in my mind and in my soul, but that means everything to the world. And this yeah. is why the gospel message is so powerful is because I'm proclaiming something that is real to the world and not just to me. Jesus died for all those uh, 
out there who are listening to the show right now and it and it wasn't a private death it's not a private faith it's yeah. a public faith it's a public death and it's a public res- resurrection and i want um uh, everyone to believe in that because it's not just fairies we aren't talking about fairies we're talking about a real death and resurrection and abraham who um believed god's promises as it says in galatians chapter three believe god's promises you know over two thousand years ago yeah um man there's so much there but coming back to our kids because these are the things we teach our children and it's important for them to learn and understand those uh, I, I had a, the privilege, really, of spending some time with your family earlier this year and uh, meeting your kids. you got such wonderful children. And I, I say often that you can tell about parents by their kids. <laughs> and sometimes that's really scary as someone who has kids. Um, yeah. But your kids are so well-behaved and super active, and they seem to like each other most of the time. <laughs> and and uh, it was awesome to see that because I can tell how you and your wife invest in them. Um and as you just outlined, that's probably a daily thing, I would imagine, and it should be. Apart from having a relationship with Jesus Christ and entering into that relationship and understanding that, what are you trying to instill in your kids that they'll carry with them into adulthood and, and really begin teaching their own children someday? Oh, man. Uh, there's a lot there. Uh, but I would actually take this and kind of turn it around to the parents in other words the joy that mom and dad have in the house is the joy that your kids are going to have in the house right sure the the uh uh, um desire to forgive one another between mom and dad is the same desire that your kids are going to have when they grow up Uh, you know the apple doesn't fall far from the tree so um you know mom and dad's relationship not just with each other obviously but also with the lord is is largely uh um what influences your kids and how they grow up to be godly children yeah so i would i would first want to start there is make sure the parents are modeling what it looks like to um be a christ follower with each other and in their own family and then uh, you know the biggest thing um all parents this is i'll come at it this way all parents kind of have different standards and, and, you know, you know, one of my standards is for my kids is don't bring muddy shoes in the house. Right. You know, we all have (laughs) kind of different rules that we, that we might um, have, you know, some parents are have no problem with their kids jumping on the couch and so forth. But I think that the the point of, of when you're raising your kids uh, as a family unit, you want them to love your standard, whatever, whatever standard you are, if you have a tight standard, a strict standard or a looser standard you you want them to love what you're doing in your house mm. and and that that is what encourages loyalty that is what encourages faithfulness if you are teaching your kids to to love your standard well ulti- ultimately obviously when you do that you're, you're wanting to pointing them to christ and so i think that, um a, a lot of families and parents are shy of leading their children um, and and giving them rules and and how to and and, and guidance in, in certain areas and I I, I want to lean into that and say no you want to you want to give your kids rules for sure you want to lead your kids you want to help them you want to uh, uh, um, uh, nurse them in, in the admonition of the Lord and you want to uh, be that parent who's 
um, giving them friendly fences, friendly fences, you know, make good neighbors kind of thing. And so I want my kids to love what we're doing in our house. That's one of the, and, 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 and behind all that is, is the, the ultimate love for the gospel and, but good standards actually drive love for gospel. Now I'm yeah. not a, um, I don't believe you're saved by good works at all. Um, but I believe, uh, good family, uh, loving communal community and good family guidance and standards drive your kids to the gospel, just like God's standards drive us to the gospel and everything. So ultimately I want my house to be an aura of joy and love that's in great. what we're trying to do as a family. That's awesome. Man, that's, that's awesome, Gabe. Thank you for that. Um, oh, so many other things we could talk about um, and we keep coming back to these conversations. So I'm sure we'll do it again, but uh, thanks for spending some time with us. Tell everyone who's listening where they can uh, follow you, follow Cross Politic, and get involved in what you guys are doing. Yeah, so my Twitter handle is just gmwrench, gmwrench uh, at, at gmwrench. Uh, and then, of course, you can go to crosspolitik.com, crosspolitik.com to kind of get at all our shows and follow us, what we're doing. We air our Sunday special on Sunday nights at 7 p.m., and then we usually do a midweek fix. And then every day we actually do a little 10-minute news brief yeah. on our uh, podcast channel and everything. So thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Gabe. Really appreciate it, man. Another great conversation with Gabe Wrench. And if you have not, take some time to go over to the CrossPolitik website. So much uh, wonderful information there. And in this world that is as confusing as it is, that's a great place to go and get some perspective. But uh, in our conversation today, great. Gabe said some wonderful things. But I want to sum up for you as I try to every week. So here is your situation report. Uh, the first thing is this, and such a critical issue to understand. Without family, there is no culture. In fact, we could go all the way back to the book of Genesis and see that in the very beginning, the first uh, really institution given to us by God was the family. The first government, if you will, was the government of the family. And that really is the foundation, the centerpiece, the cornerstone <laughs> for the rest of culture and civilization. It begins with the family. We must focus on the family. And really, that's the reason uh, that in so many ways the family is under attack. Without family, there is no culture. Uh, another point that was made, and this is great, is that as parents, as husbands and wives, as parents of children, we need to understand that we are not God. Uh, this is important for all people everywhere, but particularly parents that want to raise their kids well. We're not God. In fact, the authority, the power that we have is given to us by God, which means we answer to Him and we steward over those that He's put in our lives. What a great perspective. Connected to that is the last part of this situation report today. We must do what we do within the context of our family to point our children to God. Not to us, because we're not God but to God. And if we'll do that well, they'll understand who He is in their lives, and they'll continue to move forward in that for the rest of their lives. What a great conversation. I hope that was an encouragement to you. Have a good time with your family. Teach them the important truths about God and having a relationship with Him. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.